Do you crave exciting sports takes and news? Fed up with the same old boring voices you hear on the radio? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you just might be a T-Bloomaholic. Lucky for you, it's time for another episode of the T-Bloom Talk Show. The number one sports podcast in the world. Settle in, my T-Bloomanites, because another episode starts right now. Live from T-Bloom headquarters, here's your host, T-Bloom. Oh, hell motherfucking yeah, my T-Bloomanites. What's going on? How we feeling, folks? It's a little bit of a late night tonight for Monday. Usually I get this episode bright and early for you to enjoy it on your workday Monday. But today was a little bit different. I was a little busy, and I didn't have time to do it until tonight. What time is it right now? It is 8.56 p.m. on Monday. That's April 25th. It's dark out here at the headquarters. It's prime time, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident, and I'm ready to talk and discuss all about these NBA playoffs that the first round is coming. It's winding down to an end. It's getting to that point where we're kind of knowing which direction we're leaning with some series, but also some series we have no idea (laughs) We got no idea where it's going, if you know what I mean. So lots to discuss. I want to go over some interesting thoughts and takes and and interesting things that I've been reading on Twitter. I want to get your guys' opinion on it, my T-Bloomanites, T-Bloom Nation. I want to let you guys in on the the, the water cooler talk going on in Twitter, you know? Maybe you guys have seen some of the stuff being said about the refs and stuff in the playoffs. Maybe you haven't. Also more stuff, the... NBA, at least some of the awards, the seasonal awards came out today. So we'll go over a few of those. Uh, But first off, we're going to recap all the games that transpired over this weekend and today. As I said, it's 8.57 right now. The Jazz and Mavericks, I was going to wait for this game to end before I did this podcast, but the game's pretty much over. As of right now, it's 94-65. to Dallas taking that one by storm. They're going to go up 3-2 in the series. We'll go over all that, all that stuff at the end. But let's start back with what happened yesterday, Sunday, 4-24-22. We start off with the Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks. Going in, the Miami Heat, they're up 2-1, looking to make it 3-1. And that's exactly what they did. They get the win 110-86. to Jimmy Butler, 36 points, seven, or 10 boards. Four assists, four steals, and zero turnovers. Jimmy Butler is, God, I mean, I think we got to start putting more respect in Jimmy Butler's name. This guy is just a fucking beast. He he is everything you want in a playoff player. You know who I would love to see him be able to team up with? And I don't think it'll ever happen, but it would have been cool to see. Him and LeBron. You know how much LeBron would have loved a guy like Jimmy Butler on his team? Guy who can play defense, who's just... Gives it his all every single game, especially during the playoffs. Everyone knows that um, that picture of him leaning on the, uh, the the scores table in the finals a couple years ago. I mean, the guy just gives it his all, and, and he's he's fucking good. He's just downright fucking good. And I I'm sorry for cussing, but god damn it, he's he's good. So I have to. Um, yeah, a, a good team effort here for Miami Heat. You got PJ Tucker putting up 14. Adebayo putting up 14. Uh, what did my boy Duncan Robinson do? Just put up, he put up three. Tyler Hero got three in there. You know how it goes with those guys. Sometimes they're on, sometimes they're not. 
But when they're on, they're on. And Victor Oladipo even got some minutes to play in this game. Didn't realize he was even out. So this Miami team looking kind of scary. Going up 3-1 against the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks back against the wall. I think they get the home game to try and, uh, or no. No, they don't get the home game. This goes back to Miami. So a chance for Miami to seal it up in Miami. Shout out to Eric Spolster too. Still doing it. Um, on the other side, Trey Young only put up nine points. If Trey Young's not putting up at least 25 points, this team's going to lose. They're not built to, they're not built to win games without Trey Young. They're just not. I mean, you got Danilo Hunter. I think that's his name, right? DeAndre Hunter. Excuse me. He put up um, 24 points, but when he's your leading scorer, not Trey Young, that's not going to be very good for you. And you know what's funny? I didn't even know Kevin Knox was on the Atlanta Hawks. Kevin Knox is on the Atlanta Hawks. He went four for six, all from three, played four minutes, and scored 12 points. I don't know why he doesn't get more starting time. But nonetheless, Miami takes it. They're up 3-1. Moving on to the next one that happened yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Chicago Bulls. This one never really had a chance for Chicago. Milwaukee just doing Milwaukee things. It was 119-95. to And, yeah, the Bulls really never had a chance. They never had a lead. And, then, yeah. Onto Takumbo ran away with it. He got 32 points. He did have four turnovers, which is kind of suspicious for me. I don't like turnovers, but I'm a Chris Paul fan. We'll get into that later. 32 points, seven assists, 17 reboards for the uh, former MVP, two-time MVP. He even had a three in there, nine for 12 from the lines. Really solid performance for Giannis, the best player in the world. Drew Holiday even had a good game, 26 points. He put up seven assists. Two turnovers, but that doesn't matter. He's not in there to keep the ball handy. He's in there to make five out of eight threes, like he did yesterday. Um, Grayson Allen put up 27 points. The fucking the guy no one likes, unless he's on your team. That guy put up six for seven from three-point range. He's a baller. He's been there before. You knew it coming out of college. He was going to make some noise in the NBA. Just a matter of what kind of noise. Um... Let's see, on the other side, he had DeMar DeRozan. He went 8 for 20, 23 points. P.J. Williams, 20 points. Zach Levine, 24 points. They're really just looking for probably another score, I, I think, more a more consistent score, probably a better defender too. The Bulls, I mean, God, they started off so hot this the beginning of the year, and now it's looking like their season's winding down to an end. Milwaukee goes up 3-1. Their next game is going to be in Milwaukee. Milwaukee will also have a chance to close it out at home, which moves us into our other game that happened yesterday, which was the Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, Denver was down 3-0 going into this game. It looked like it was going to be a sweeps week for Golden State, carrying into that second round on a hot four-game four, four winning streak. But not so fast, because Denver would win this 126-121. to to end all Golden State's hopes of sweeping them. Um, Clay Thompson put up 32 points, 7 for 11 from three-point range. Also, here's a fun fact. Clay Thompson has the most threes. I think it's 21 than any other player in the playoffs so far. So an Achilles injury can do a lot of things. An Achilles and an ACL injury can do a lot of things, but it can't take away the sweet stroke of Clay, Jackie Moon, Thompson. And if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. Andrew Wiggins put up 20 points. Uh, DeAndre or Draymond Green put up 13. 
Stephen Curry, he put up 33. I mean, honestly, it's it's shocking that Denver even outscored these guys. Once anytime Steph Curry and Klay Thompson go over 30 points, it's really hard to beat these guys. And Andrew Wiggins is putting up 20. Yeah. I mean, j- fucking uh Jordan Poole even put up 11. On the other side, we got Nikola Jokic, 37 points. He had a big game. Seven turnovers, though, which is just ridiculous. I don't care how much you handle the ball. You got to fucking take care of the ball better than that. But he is going against Draymond Green, who is an elite defender. 37 points, six assists, eight boards, and uh, six for six from the free throw, three for five from three point. I mean, just another day at the office for old Joker. Marquise Morris, he got 24 points, a couple assists, two boards, five for seven from three. That helped out a lot. Anytime you're playing the Warriors, any three you can shoot and make is a good, you're going to need it. Aaron Gordon, 21 points, four, six, six boards, 10 for 13 from the free throw line. That's pretty decent. That's pretty decent. You like seeing that. Um, just Just a good game. Just a good, solid game. For the Denver Nuggets, they shot 80% from free throw range. They shot 48%, damn near 50% from the three-point line, and 56% from the field. I mean, granted, they're not going to do that every single game, but they avoided the sweep against the Golden State Warriors. So shout out to them. Kudos to them. Golden State leads the series 3-1. to one. This next game will go back to Golden State, well, they were they will also have a chance, just like Milwaukee and Miami, to close the series out at home. Next game, the game that I am most knowledgeable in because I watched the whole thing, and I am most invested in because, well, I'm a Chris Paul fan. So by now you know it was the Phoenix Suns versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Phoenix came in this game up 2-1. But New Orleans would tie it back up 118 to 103. Let's go over some of the stats before we kind of go over what went wrong for the goddamn Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul put up four points. Abysmal. Terrible game by Chris Paul. Four points, 11 assists. He didn't have any points in the fourth. Zero for three from the three-point range. And only shot eight, eight times. Chris, this is one thing that's always been the kind of, kind of a stumper for me with Chris is He's got to know that he needs to shoot more when he doesn't have another scorer like Devin Booker on the on the uh, floor with him. He's got to take more than eight shots, even if they're not like the best shots. I mean, I, I sometimes I feel like his IQ is just kind of holds him back because he only takes good high percentage shots. But sometimes you need to be Kobe. You need to fucking put that ball up, grab that ball, ISO that shit. And throw up a couple contested shots because your team needs it. Especially when you're going against guys like Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. And even Valanchunas was lighting it up. Valanchunas, he had 26 points, 15 boards, 4 assists. DeAndre Ayton couldn't guard. DeAndre Ayton or JaVel McGee couldn't guard this guy to save his life. And it pisses me off. He had 1-3, which was a dagger. Really killed us late in the, the fourth quarter. Um, Brandon Ingram, 30 points. The guy's a fucking walking bucket now. He plays just like KD from mid-range. Ah, man. We ran into a, a really a really tough, tough eighth seed, I think. TJ McCollum, 18 points. Yeah, I mean, we, we really, the Suns just really couldn't get anything going either. Cam Johnson, he only 
four for 12 for 13 points. Jay Crowder, 11 points, three for seven. Miles Bridges, four for 11, eight points. I mean, didn't make a three. We shot 25% from three. And so did they. So it's, I don't know what's going on, man. We, we really need Devin Booker back. And the announcers, I don't know who exactly it was on the announcing crew for last night's game, but they one of the guys said something. I think it was Reggie Miller. He said something that I, I felt like really, really made a lot of sense. It's the longer you give this young team the, the feeling that they can win these games, the longer you keep them in this series, the harder it's going to get for you to win these games. Because one thing about being youthful and young is you got the energy. You got the energy to go and play fucking defense for 48 straight minutes, if that's what it takes, on guys like Chris Paul and or like the Phoenix Suns. If they feel like they can win it, they're going to be playing balls to the walls all goddamn night. There's so many rookies on this team that are just playing absolutely well. That guy named Jose, I'm not sure what his last name is, but the, the crowd was even chanting, Jose, 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 Jose. Just like the Ole. I mean, place was rocking. New Orleans was rocking. Shout out to the New Orleans fan base. I hate to see it, but <clears throat> they were rocking the place, and it showed. New Orleans is still in this fucking series. The number one seed, Phoenix Suns, their season is at, is, how can I put this? Their season may be coming to an end if they don't get their shit together. That's all I'm going to say. Series tied, 2-2. Two to two. Next game, going back to Phoenix. Phoenix will have a chance to take the series lead, 3-2, before they go back to New Orleans for game six. Now we're going to start with the games tonight. And the first one that we got to go over is the Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. Boston coming into this game up 3-0. They're looking to sweep the Brooklyn Nets and just take out these two juggernaut, these two offensive juggernauts in KD and Kyrie. And that's exactly what they did. 116 to 112. Jason Tatum, 29 points, five assists, three boards, six turnovers. Fucking hate turnovers, but nonetheless. Yeah. Seven for eight from the free throw line, four for six from three, and nine for 16 from the field. That's a wonderful game. Um, going against KD, too. Knew he, had a, knew he needed a big game, and he delivered. Al Horford, five for nine. He's got 13. Three for five from the three-point range. God, it makes it so much easier for a team when your big man can shoot threes that good. Uh, Marcus Smart, 20 points. Jalen Brown, 22 points. I mean, everyone was firing. Everyone was firing. On the other side of the ball, Kevin Durant, Definitely showed up today, 39 points, three, 13 for 31. Only went 3 for 11 from three-point range. One of those misses was at the, like, with 15 seconds left to make a three to be down by one and to make it a game. He ended up missing it. He had nine assists, seven boards, real KD-like game. But Kyrie Irving only shot the ball 13 times and played 45 minutes. That's a problem. That's a problem. Seth Curry... If he's your second scorer, second leading scorer, that's that's a problem. You're not going to win very many games with that, especially against the Boston Celtics, who play really well. But Boston will be the first te team to move on in advance to the second second um, the second round, the second round of the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead. And I'm pretty sure they play the winner of the 76ers and the Raptors. 
if I'm not mistaken. And yes, they do. Boston will no. Boston will play the winner of Milwaukee and Chicago. Interesting. That Milwaukee Boston matchup is going to be brutal. The Eastern Conference has some dogs in it this year. They really do. Boston's looking good, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm a Western Conference kind of guy, so I don't know if I can, you know, you know, f f fully, fully uh, put my faith into that Eastern Conference side. By the way, the West has just been dominating the NBA for so long, pretty much my whole goddamn life. But nonetheless, Celtics moving on, 116, 112. They sweep the Brooklyn Nets. What's next for Kevin Durant? What's next for Kyrie? I have no idea. We'll have to find out. Um, moving on. Next game that happened today was the Toronto Raptors versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Coming into this game, Philadelphia up 3-1. A chance to put the goddamn Toronto Raptors out of their misery at home. And they fail. Raptors win 103-88. to Here's why. Pascal Siakam, 23 points. 10 boards, 7 assists, just 2 turnovers. Just 2 turnovers. You don't need 4 or 5. Just give me 2 turnovers. That's plenty of turnovers. Um, Anobi, 16 points. Barnes, 12 points. Trent Jr., 16 points. I mean, Achiwa even got in there with 17 points. Really, really good game overall for the Raptors. Lots of scoring from everyone. And that's kind of what you have to do to beat a Philadelphia 76ers team when you really have no star. You're going to have to play team ball. Speaking of the 76ers, Hoel Embiid, 20 points, 11 boards, 4 assists, um, 0 for 4 from the 3-point range. A lot of people scored on this side of the ball, too. Maxey had 12. Harden had 15. D. Green had 14. Tobias Harris had 16. Lots of scoring, but not enough as they would fall 103-88 to 88 to the Toronto Raptors, and they make the series three to two Philly's got two more chances to close out this series and I think they will I think they'll do it but you gotta wonder why are they having trouble putting teams like this away it's getting kind of weird Philly every year in the playoffs you kind of stumble bumble around you're supposed to be this big number one seed going in hot you got Hoel Embiid the potential MVP and then you fuck around and almost you're you're you fuck around, and you're only up 3-2 on the Toronto Raptors. This shit should have been a sweeps week. Just putting it out there. Next game, they will go back to Toronto. Toronto will have a chance at home to tie this some bitch up 3-3. And if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't want this bitch going 3-3. Because Toronto is going to play balls to the motherfucking walls to get their ass to the second, second uh, round of the playoffs. And to say, hey, we beat the goddamn Philadelphia 76ers. No one thought we had a chance. I mean, shit happens. Moving on to the very last game of tonight, which was the shittiest show of them all, pretty much over the whole weekend. Dallas Mavericks, 102. Utah Jazz, 77. This game never had a chance. Utah goes down. Um, Yeah, just a bad game overall from them. Rudy Gobert was their... Rudy Gobert wasn't their leading scorer. Jordan Clarkson was their leading scorer. Donovan Mitchell had nine points. They never stood a chance. I mean, on the other side, you had Luka putting up 33. Fucking th 13 boards, five assists, five turnovers, though. Hate those. Jalen Brunson, 24 points. I mean, yeah, they were just lighting them up. 
Lighten them up like Dallas always does. So Dallas moves on, ties it up, or no, they're not tied up. Pretty sure Dallas is up 3-2 now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Dallas is up 3-2. Next game going back to Utah, where the Utah Jazz will try and tie this son bitch up. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he's got to pull out all the stops, man. He's got to pull out all the stops. He really needs help, too. I've been saying that for years. That guy fucking needs help. But that's going to do for the... For the post, what the fuck would you call that? That's going to do for me going over all the games that happened the last two days, however you would say that. But what I really wanted to get into today, what's really interesting me, is a couple things I've seen on Twitter. Now, I'm going to read something to you guys. Maybe it has some merit, maybe it doesn't, or maybe a little bit of both. Here we go. This is on r-mba. It's a subreddit. The Mavericks, Suns, and Grizzlies all had a chance to go up 3-1 in their respective series. Their opponents shot 42, 40, and 42 free throws in all three game fours. And I quote, I get bad officiating happens, and there's not always an agenda, but to have such massive free throw disparities in multiple different series which could potentially become 3-1s is interesting. The Jazz shot 42 free throws compared to the Mavericks' 23 and got away with a game-altering no-call on an offensive foul on Mitchell, according to the L2M. I have no fucking clue what L2M means, but this guy sounds like he's legit. The Timberwolves shot 40 free throws compared to the Grizzlies' 25, and the Pelicans shot 42 free throws compared to the Suns' 15. Now, I, T. Bloom, by no means am an aficionado in officiating. But that does seem a little fishy to me. That... Really does seem like, are you guys trying to give them a little bit of an advantage, trying to get the ratings boosted for the NBA playoffs because you know not many people watch the NBA anymore? Or what are we doing here? You fucking over Chris Paul, the Phoenix Suns? Because go ahead, fuck with the other teams. Go do that, I don't care. But once you start fucking with my boy Chris Paul and his chance to get to the fucking NBA Finals again and rewrite the, the wrong, he was wronged last year in the Finals, to rewrite his history in the finals. When you start fucking with that, you start making me mad. You start pissing T. Bloom off. You get T. Bloom all riled up. You guys should see my audio waves on Audacity right now. They're clipping like a motherfucker. I'm going to have to go by and limit those. For all you audio engineers out there that would know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I am livid. If, they, if I find out even a shrink of fucking evidence... That they're fucking with my boy Chris Paul's chances to get his fucking ring that he so desperately needs and deserves. Then you can go fuck yourself, NBA. So there's my rant for that. But I just thought, I thought I'd share that with you guys, my T-Bluminites. Little bit of interesting stuff. Little bit of something to think about. Heading into these next games. Next games tomorrow. Another thing, Nick Claxton from the Brooklyn Nets steals Shaq's record for the most missed free throws to start an NBA playoff game by going 0 for 8. Now, I don't even know why they keep up with stats like this. Like, how do... Who's sitting there fucking calculating, watching every game, making sure that this doesn't get broken by someone else, and then finally it does get broken, but... Hey. Shaq is a Hall of Famer, and anytime you can break a Hall of Famer's record, 
I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it might be a goddamn good thing. Shout out to fucking Nick Claxton from the Brooklyn Nets, breaking old Shaq's record. What else is new? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant has won the 2021-2022 NBA Most Improved Player of the Year Award. Now, I didn't think that made much sense considering he wasn't bad last year at all, but I didn't understand the jump he made. Uh, last year, he was only averaging like 19 points per game. This year, he jumped that up to 27. His rebounds went up. His assists went up. I mean, the fucking Memphis Grizzlies went on this crazy run and got themselves to the number two seed in the Western Conference, which is by far the more, like, just the better conference overall. It's no, it's no fucking walk in the park getting the getting a team to the number two seed in the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. Now. On the other hand, some people thought Jordan Poole deserved that more. And granted, yes, he he also jumped up, but John Morant's on a different level, man. That guy's on a different level. So I'm not too upset about him uh, him getting it over Jordan Poole. But shout out Jordan Poole, too. He did have a fucking great year. I thought he was – I didn't think he was much. I didn't think he would be doing this. And if, you say, and if you're going to tell me that you thought that he'd come out and do this and be this good – then why don't you go start your own fucking podcast because you'd make a lot of money being a fucking a podcast host. I'll tell you that right now. If you could predict that shit. Excuse me. You should start your own shit. What else? What else? Oh, yes. Scotty Barnes is the rookie of the year. You know, I'm not even going to sit here and lie like I know who the fuck Scotty Barnes is. I don't watch the NBA that much to know about all the rookies and shit. But I do know Cade Cunningham didn't win it, and he was supposed to be the guy to win it. Or Jalen Green. So fucking shout out Scotty Barnes beating both those guys out. Who'd have thunk? Not me, not your boy. Shout out. Uh, oh yeah, the NBA Sportsmanship Award. The biggest award in the NBA. Who is it? The biggest sportsman? Who else but Patty Mills? The Frenchman, the phenom. That guy is a walking bucket, and he's also a nice guy, apparently. So shout out Patty Mills, winning, I think, his first ever NBA Sportsmanship Award. I don't think any of the, uh, I don't think the MVP and stuff is out right there. I think I saw a fake tweet that said Jokic won it again, which could very well be it, but I'm not sure if that's out. I don't think it's out yet. Uh, last but not least on the awards, Defensive Player of the Year goes to... Marcus Smart of the Boston fucking Celtics, the first guard to do it since fucking Gary Payton, I think. Don't quote me on that. Let's look that up. I think he might be the first guard to get that shit since GP, since the glove. Let's take a look. Marcus Smart, Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah, these are all forwards and centers. The very last guard to ever get a Defensive Player of the Year award was 1996 Gary Payton for the Seattle for the was 1996 Gary Payton for the Seattle SuperSonics. That's how I sounded right there. Gary Payton for the Seattle SuperSonics, point guard. Jesus, shout out Marcus Smart. I mean, these Boston Celtics are rolling, man. They look good. They look good. Either they look really good or fucking the Nets are just trash. But I doubt that because they got two of the best scorers in the world. So, yeah, watch out for these Boston Celtics. We got some games on tomorrow. Um, let's see. 
Three games on tomorrow. We got Atlanta versus Miami, Minnesota versus Memphis, and of course, New Orleans versus Phoenix. I really need the Phoenix Suns to win that one. Quick, I'll give you guys quick predictions. I'm going Miami to take out Atlanta. I'll go Memphis to beat Minnesota and give me Phoenix to go up 3-2 on New Orleans because we know we need it. Look for Chris Paul to have a huge game. Look for Chris Paul and Miles Bridges to have a huge game. Miles Bridges may lead the team in scoring. May. Not sure yet. Um, otherwise, I think that's going to wrap it up. Guys, appreciate you tuning in again. Remember to give this a share, a comment, a like, subscribe. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell people to tell people. Be a friend and tell a friend, as Pat McAfee would say over there at the McAfee headquarters. Shout out. Um, but yeah, here at the T-Bloom headquarters, all-inclusive. We like to let everyone know about the show. And of course, we always like to hear feedback, positive feedback, negative feedback. It all helps. It all helps us make better. It helps us make a better quality product for you guys to listen to. That's going to do it. I'm your host, T. Bloom. Get out of here. Do you crave exciting sports takes and news? Fed up with the same old boring voices you hear on the radio? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you just might be a T. Bloomaholic. Lucky for you, it's time for another episode of the T. Bloom Talk Show. The number one sports podcast in the world. Settle in, my T. Bloomanites, because another episode starts right now.